Now I'm, I'm kind of more on like secondary colors, which is a bit more, I guess, makes me feel less wholesome. You're listening to Record Room, where we meet the artist behind an album we love. Here is your host, Will Fucker. Gus Dapperton released his second EP, You Think You're a Comic, in February 2018. It's been well-received by critics and fans alike and sent the 21-year-old artist on a slew of sold-out dates around the world. In this episode, Gus Dapperton explains that he balances explosive fame with a close-knit group of friends and family that are with him every step of the way. Coming up, we discuss everything from his iconic bowl cut to his love for the drum machines popularized by New Jack Swing. Gus Dapperton, sporting a new bowl cut. Yes. Fresh do. What inspired the uh, color change? I was just on the plane on the way back from Europe, and my sister Amadel was going to get her hair done, and she gets a strawberry blonde auburn-type color, and I was like, hey, you're getting your hair done tomorrow when we get back? And she was like, yeah. I was like, true, I'm going to come get my hair done. So I really like the color teal, and then more specifically like a seafoam green or kind of like in between a, a turquoise and a, a mint kind of color. And I was just, uh, I just showed her a couple colors and she nailed it. Sorry to uh, start the interview with the hair <laughs> initially, but it feels relevant. You're uh, leading somewhat of a bowl cut movement. I don't know. I like this, how this haircut looks on myself. I wasn't trying to inspire other people to get the haircut, but uh, I, I love bowl cuts. I think they look quite good. You're just back from Europe, correct? Yes. How was that? That was great. Um, super fun. It, this, uh, I'm pretty new to like performing live. I've done miscellaneous shows here and there, but I haven't really been a frontman for that long, only like uh, two years maybe, and they were just on and off shows. So this was a super like new experience for me. It was super fun. How are the European crowds? Honestly, a lot more energetic than the American crowds, and they most of the pe- crowds out there like danced more often, which like makes me feel good up on stage because I'm also dancing and uh, when people try to match the energy that I'm putting into the performance it's it's like you feed, feed off the crowd too so yeah why do you think that is I don't know I think there's certain cities and certain crowds where uh, people might try to you know act more act too cool to dance and you know uh, or maybe just too afraid to dance which isn't such a bad thing but uh, I definitely appreciate dancers people dancing in the crowd yeah what cities in europe were highlights of the recent tour dublin paris and milan those were the my favorite shows because we're we're 
uh, we like to perform as kind of like a rock band up on stage, although that's not necessarily how the recorded music sounds. We like to perform that way, like with high energy, and uh, it's like a very clean sound, but still just high, high energy. And uh, Dublin, everyone was hyped, and uh, we were crowd surfing and stage diving, and it was uh, super fun. And Paris, everyone was very excited, and Milan was like that too, yeah. There were definitely some really chill shows that I liked as well. Like Ghent, Belgium was very, very clean. You think you're a comic. It kind of strikes me because it's a bit moodier than Yellow and such. And I'm wondering how you've pulled that together for a live performance, especially saying you're having pretty high-energy shows. Yeah. Even the, on, like, I, like I said, like we performed them a bit different than the, re- the record, the recorded versions. But So yeah, for let's say like a song like Beyond the Men's, which is the slowest jam on the new EP, we give it like a lot more swing, like like heavy swing, and my drummer plays the full kit, and it's the same mood, but it's higher energy, though, yeah. Tell me about the current iteration of the band. I have my sister, Amadel, on the keyboards and backup vocals. She's my best friend, and she's 17, but we might drink tonight. My bassist, uh, Yen Dog, is just turned 19, and he's a good friend of mine from back home. I, we grew up skating together. My drummer, T. Ramis, is just my best friend from all of all time, just growing up. We kinda, I kind of told him to play the drums when I started playing guitar. So. Under my skin, I see to Yeah, tell, tell me about the new record. I want to talk about that. I mean, when did it come together? I've been working on that since last fall, and it takes me a really long time to make songs uh, to finish them, but um, it's not it's not one of those things where it's um, painful, like, making it for that long. It's something that I sincerely think I need to work on it for that long. So I've made the song Beyond the Men's. Uh, I wrote that when I was 18 and senior year of high school so that was two years in the making and I've made it like three different times and then finally it came together for me prune you talk funny I was working on for about a year 
uh, recorded it two different times. Amadel, I was working on for about a year, and I've Lost My Pearls was a, a quicker conception. But yeah, those are like those are all the songs I'd make in a row, and they were fitting my like that moment in time. And same thing with Yellow and such. They were just kind of. It's not like I have like a. I had a ton of other songs that I would save for other projects. It's basically like those are the songs I made in that period of time and uh, thought they fit uh, my like mentality in that time period. Yeah. So what we've heard so far is really our snapshots of your life the last yeah. two years. Yeah. What do you think the next project is going to look like if you're ready to talk about that? Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm pretty like casual with uh, all this stuff. I'm. Yeah. I've been working on a ton of new music. I'm definitely going to release an album next. It's going to have all the same elements, but it's going to sound a bit more... I guess it's going to sound more like FM digital aspects as opposed to like full um, live instrumentation. It's going to be more, I guess, like drum machine based and um, synth based and electric piano based kind of. That's great. Yeah. Uh, what do you... I mean, have you found yourself like thinking about production or approaching recording, writing differently now that you've been touring so much in the last year? Not necessarily. Um, I definitely, like, I guess I uh, sometimes I make music out of my bedroom and, you know, I have a decent set of equipment just because I've been gathering things since I've been in, since I was, like, 15 and gathering equipment. And uh, I have a pretty good home setup, but I think, yeah, I think I definitely would like to improve the outboard gear that I have and, like, things like that just to make my vocals sound a bit more crisp. And um, sometimes I go to the studio with this... uh, vocal engineer that's when a good friend of mine ethan farmer so sometimes i'll record vocals in the studio and then other times not but i definitely would like to get something sounding more crisp with you know investing in better equipment i'm interested in your writing process um specifically like what you write on be it an instrument or how things come to you yeah so uh most of the time i write down a lot of different phrases um that i hear that are interesting and relatable so for example like most of my song titles are kind of just phrases that people say like i'm just snacking or uh prune you talk funny is kind of just uh describing someone uh naming someone using like prune to describe them as a another noun that might relate to them um and then you talk funny just describing that person but just like random little um phrases and things that I pick up on and then I'll take that phrase and take how it made me feel and how I was feeling in that moment in time and then uh, elaborate on it in like the fullest Um, and most of the time it starts off with a phrase and then a melody and then a like a chord progression but it's all built very quickly just because I'm more of a producer like I said so like the entire arrangement is like is built pretty fast Um, and then I'll take things away and uh, tailor things but like the entire arrangement like happens pretty fast. Thank you. 
on Yellow and Such, you said that a lot of the record was inspired by colors, primary colors, and specifically, is do you? How does that? factor into your thoughts around music and synesthesia is something that a lot of people describe having where they see sound and color i definitely don't have that i definitely like have a vision when i'm making songs or writing songs but it, it doesn't it's not like sounds trigger colors in my head like i know a lot of people have that and say that but um it's more of like i don't know primary colors and the combination of red yellow and blue are just like they were very stimulating to my creativity and like if i was looking at those it just it almost affects the mood and those also influenced, you think you're a comic too, but now I'm, I'm kind of more on like secondary colors, which is a bit more, I guess, makes me feel less wholesome. What's the color palette of you think you're a comic? <laughs> um, that's, I mean, it's still on bordering on primary colors, but more like pastels, like pastel primaries, like pink, yellow, uh, teal. I think, I mean, aesthetics are obviously big part of your work both with the excellent videos you've put out and the packaging and but i wonder do you ever feel like the the music can get lost in the publicity and the hype around your aesthetic presentation is that a concern you have uh it used to be but um it's not anymore I, i i don't really care like you know if you listen to the music and you enjoy it and then that's great and that's what i'm trying to accomplish i'm trying to connect with people and then you know if it's the opposite then so be it. But I, I think when it comes down to it, if you don't judge a book by its cover and you li- listen to the music, you can uh, feel for yourself. Yeah, I used to think about that more, but I could, I could care less now. I mean, I, I like what I create, and I know I think I've put in enough hours mastering it where I can uh, make what I hear in my head. So You know, the, the music benefits from having... The vi- like the strong visual collaborator like yeah. Matthew Dylan Cohen and tell me about your guys' relationship. I know you've been friends for quite a while. Yeah, so I met Matt when I was I was looking to do it. Me and Beshkin, this other artist that I've worked with in the past, a good friend of mine, uh, we're looking to do a video for this song Faceless, and we met with a couple of directors. And Matt wasn't necessarily director at the time. He he directed a few low budget videos for other artists, but um. He was mostly like a photographer and producer, kind of. But I met with him and uh, loved his photography. He had such a strong vision, and we just clicked. So, And then we became friends, shot the video. It was great, and we've done every video since together. And uh, we lived together for a period of time uh, in New York, and we're roommates. And uh, I would just say I, I don't trust many people to work with, and I don't really think, like, Art is a democracy necessarily. You can great art comes from the collaboration, but uh, for me personally, I've I've trouble doing that. I'm getting I'm getting better at it, but uh, I really trust Matt with portraying myself visually. And um, yeah, we just have a super similar taste, and we feed off each other's ideas. And every visual for each song is like months and months and months in the making before we do it, and it's finally fleshed all fleshed out before we do it so it's it's not like how other artists you know will have a couple directors write treatments it's more of like i'm working with someone constantly on the idea and whatnot take a video like i'm just snacking for instance what are some of the cinematic film references you guys had um in your own envisioning yeah we we have we draw tons of references for each project i'm trying to think if there's one in particular that we we always like certain scenes i would reference and singing in the rain for i'm just snacking that's literally basically, you know, a literal part of that kind of um, just kind of singing in the rain and dancing and 
you know we we were trying to really capture and uh like me as an artist and the atmosphere um i'm just snacking was more of like a very strong like narrative but the rest of the videos are more like trying to capture um the atmosphere and environment of my sound and whatnot also heard you mention that part of finding the the right self for touring and writing and you know really releasing these two records um has been like a return to a toddler or childlike stage. yeah basically just uh not not like a stage just like the influences i grew up on as a kid and that those influences and that sound kind of is just very nostalgic for me and it's a nice feeling so i think naturally my style is curated towards what I kind of looked like and wore as a toddler, just how my pants fit me and uh, tall white socks and a bowl cut. So it just, I think my style is just derives from that before evil was a real thing in my life. You know, do you see that reaching into any other creative practice you've got music or visuals particular writing i think it all does a little bit just that that state of like there being like no sort of evil and just pure like learning and like pure inspiration as a child i think it goes i think it goes into all of my work really what is the status of glum from up and can you can you tell everyone listening what that is if they're not familiar i wrote this short children's book um and my good friend Kenzo Rapola illustrated it. He's a super good artist. And uh, it's basically done. I was going to sell it as merch. I probably will print it soon and, and try to get it out there by, by April. But, um, yeah, it's like a short children's book. I, I, I like write, like to write poems from time to time and um, things like that. So he uh, kind of inspired me. Like I uh, really liked his art, so that kind of inspired me to collaborate in that sense and... Um, I was working on a children's book, and then when I saw his art, kind of inspired me to like tailor it and finish it to to his work as well. What do you like about his style? 
it's like it's like surrealism and uh dream based kind of i would say his work's more like almost like nightmare based but like in a i don't know it's just like good surrealism and i'm it's uh just super good and not inspiring do you listen to music when you're writing and um no i i honestly i know a lot of people do but uh i can't i can't i have to and i don't even listen to like the track i'm working on when i'm trying to like finish writing lyrics i i, I have to turn it off and just it's, it has to be quiet Sit with really. it yeah yeah are you listening to anything while you're on tour um yeah i listen to a ton of music on tour um i listen to a lot of uh I've been listening to a lot of new Jack Swing stuff, like late 80s and early 90s, Michael Jackson, and um, random, like, early R&B groups like that, like Cameo. Yeah, off the top of my head. I have a, I have a playlist, though, but off the top of my head, I, a lot of new Jack Swing, like TR9 drum machine stuff and DX7 synthesizer stuff. Is that from trying to make some of these new songs swing on set? I definitely have been uh, making a lot of songs with swing for sure. Meaning, like, for those who don't know what swing is, like, it's just like it's actually kind of hard to describe. It's like every other beat is a little bit late. Were you surprised at all at how well received your dancing was? It seems to be like a huge part of your figure right now. Yeah, no, I that's that's honestly probably the biggest surprise to me. Like, you know, I I thought people would be surprised at my appearance and. I, I I'm yeah I'm surprised the the dancing was taken so well that's that's why we incorporated it into prune prune you talk funny more because people were kind of hyped on the dancing and uh, I wouldn't consider myself a super good dancer but I definitely have like an original style of dancing that just is a, a combination of you know a bunch of things like I watch a lot of Michael Jackson videos and a bunch of other dance videos that I I'll just watch and try to copy but. Yeah, I was surprised at how well that's taken, and I'm going to continue to do so because I, I love to dance, and I like going going dancing. What do you think it is that that resonates so well with people? I think it's because it's uh, a very specific style of dancing, and the moves and the movements are very specific to me that it just adds another like super personal character trait to, to me. Where are you living these days? I've been bouncing back and forth between... Philadelphia, New York, and Long Branch, New Jersey. I'm from upstate New York. My parents sold their house in upstate New York, and uh, we live in Long Branch now. And uh, I've been making music in a, in a warehouse in Philadelphia, but uh, only for a little bit of time before we went on tour. So I kind of just bounce around now. I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna move to New Jersey and try to like build a studio full time when um when I'm done with this tour. Yeah. The one aspect of control over your own work and creative practice, it's important to have a self-contained studio. Yeah, that's a, that's another thing. Um, I, I, uh, there's like one other person I feel comfortable working with, and that's Ethan Farmer, like as an, en- as an engineer. He's yeah. super good. But uh, other than that, I, I like to do everything on my own. Just Even if I'm not as good as it, at it as other people, I'll, I would just rather spend time doing it until I get it perfect, exactly how I want
Record Room is produced, hosted, and edited by Will Felker. That's me. This episode was mixed and mastered by Federico Foglia. Our theme music is by Dawood Anthony, and our artwork is by Tom McQuaid. Very special thanks to Bill Richards at BR Artist Group, Gus's road manager, Kabir, and Rough Trade Brooklyn for making this interview possible. Thanks also to everyone that's listened to our first three episodes. We really appreciate the support. Don't stop now. <laughs>